There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. Have you ever seen the Disney film Mulan? To begin with, it was an animated film, and then it was recently released again as a live-action film. If not, let me describe a few details of the plot to you first. It's a popular Disney movie about a young Chinese girl who refuses to accept what is normally expected of girls maturing into womanhood. Without her family's knowledge, she cuts her hair, dons her father's soldier outfit, takes his sword, then leaves on horseback to impersonate a man in order to be conscripted into an army. After training, she goes to war. Surprisingly, she saves the empire through her bravery and military skills. Skills, by the way, that are supernaturally enhanced, but we'll get to that later. As in many books and films, the protagonist, Mulan, is a messianic figure. As the heroine, she is a self-sacrificing person who is willing to endure grave danger and possible death to conquer an enemy that seems superior in power in order to bring freedom and security and rest to others. On her father's sword that Mulan takes into battle are inscribed Chinese characters meaning loyal, brave, and true. That sword was lost in battle, but later she was presented with another sword from the emperor that had those same three emblems and also a fourth one a Chinese character meaning devotion to family. So there are very positive messages in the show, and I need to elaborate on those messages. Number one is self-sacrifice, a willingness to override the negative opinions of others in order to achieve greatness. No one believed that she should do it or could do it. And then loyalty is emphasized, loyalty to your country, to your family, to your culture, to principles that have value, to your own unique purpose in life. These are all highlighted in the story of Mulan and certainly have value, but only when a person's worldview is of the truth. You can be loyal to a country that has a corrupt political system. You can be loyal to a family that is immersed in deception and a wrong worldview. You can be loyal to a culture that is totally enveloped in spiritual darkness or to principles that are not in alignment with God's word, and then your loyalty is in vain. However, when a person's worldview is of the truth, loyalty is a character trait to be desired and certainly to be praised. Another character trait emphasized is bravery. 
Mulan faces a witch with evil powers far greater than hers and military forces that seem to be far stronger. Certainly she was outnumbered and certainly she should have lost if the odds were just weighed according to that. Withstanding them all required great bravery from Mulan. And one primary quote that is emphasized in the film is from her father who says, there is no courage without fear. And I've often said that courage is not the absence of fear, but the overcoming of fear. Finally, devotion to family is emphasized because toward the end of the film, Mulan refuses to be promoted to a high rank in the emperor's army until she reconciles with her family. Because if you remember, she left without them knowing about it, and she took her father's armor and his sword. So she had to make sure that their relationship was restored and that they were at peace, reconciled to each other. So what a principled person she is. And what a sense of honor and integrity follow her actions. So whichever version of the film is presented, what could be wrong with letting your children watch it? Or what could be wrong with you watching it? Because within the film, there is a very strong promotion of concepts and doctrines and beliefs found in an ancient Chinese religion called Taoism. Number one is the existence of something called qi, or sometimes it's pronounced qi, spelled K-I if it's pronounced qi, or C-H-I if it's pronounced qi. In Mulan's father's narration, he upholds this point of view, and he says the qi pervades the universe and all living things. We are all born with it, he says, but only the most true will connect deeply to his chi and become a great warrior. Well, what is this idea of chi all about? Well, in Taoism, God is an it, not a he. God is an impersonal force made up of darkness and light, made up of evil and good. That's what the yin-yang symbol represents that fused together into one circle is a dark teardrop and a white teardrop, and the one balances the other. And that is signifying that there is a power that flows through the universe, an impersonal force that brought all things into existence and flows through every human being. So several false beliefs surface there. Number one, God is not an impersonal force. Number two, God does not flow through the entire universe and all living things. God is not in the tree. God is not in the dog or the cat or the horse or every human being. God exists apart from the human race. And to experience God, he must enter into your heart from without. It's not a possession of every human being. It's not something innate within all of us that we have to awaken in order to achieve a higher level of spiritual or supernatural sensitivity. And so that's wrong. Her father in the film tells Mulan, your chi is strong. 
In other words, he's saying that she has this strong manifestation of the force that is the ultimate reality promoted in Taoism. That may have some relevance in the fact that some people achieve a place of stronger manifestation of certain soulish characteristics, certain admirable characteristics at times. In fact, the witch that Mulan confronts has a power that is superior to hers, that is used for evil in warfare, and yet she tells Mulan that they are just alike. In other words, they're tapping into the same kind of chi. It's just manifesting in an evil way through her and a more righteous or noble way through Mulan. That's not the way it works. It's not the same quote-unquote force that manifests in corrupt individuals like Adolf Hitler and benevolent, compassionate individuals like Mother Teresa. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. He is separate from the universe, separate from the physical creation, and he can interact with you if you go through the cross. If you're washed in the blood, if you're born again, then you enter into a place of supernatural power and life called the kingdom of God. That's the way it really works. Of course, the Disney company tends to be very syncretistic for all other religions except Christianity. You never find a biblical worldview being emphasized in a Disney film. But you do find many Oriental ideas and many non-Christian ideas that are drawn from various religions emphasized in their films because that's more, quote-unquote, politically correct. I value the good message that is found in the film, but I also believe we need to have discernment to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. Also in the film Mulan, false gods are shown in a positive light. For instance, there is devotion to a deity named the Phoenix. And the Phoenix is the female counterpart of the male deity depicted as a dragon in Chinese mythology. So that's the yin and the yang the yin being the female aspect, the phoenix, and the yang being the dragon aspect, which is revered in the Chinese religion. Well, those gods do not exist. The dragon is representative of Satan in Revelation chapter 12. The serpent in the Garden of Eden morphs over a period of centuries and millennia into a dragon-like figure that tries to destroy the woman, the sun-clothed woman crowned with 12 stars, and her seed who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So this dragon-like deity in Chinese religion is an image that is used for a representation of Satan himself in a biblical worldview. And this particular goddess or deity named the phoenix is shown from time to time supernaturally helping, aiding, guiding Mulan through various dangerous circumstances that she faces, like a spirit god or like a personal god that she's connected to. Well, that's absolutely wrong because it, 
doesn't promote the biblical view of the Godhead. The Godhead is not made up of a dragon and a phoenix, which incidentally is different than the phoenix that is celebrated in Western mythology. It's a, the bird that arises out of ashes is different than the phoenix that is celebrated in Taoism. No, God is a triune being. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and these three are one God. And no other God is to be worshipped, no other God is to be acknowledged, no other God is to be honored except the true and the living God. You may say, well, what's wrong with it? It's just a story. However, you may have the filter to filter out that wrong interpretation of the nature of God if you're an adult and if you have a strong biblical worldview. But a little child that watches the film can't distinguish between the right revelation of the nature of God and this wrong representation of a false deity as being a positive God that can be in your life to help you as you fight against an evil enemy. See? See the difference? See the danger of it? It it shapes a little child's mind to believe that the unacceptable is acceptable. Next, ancestor worship and necromancy is celebrated in, in the film. In one version of the film, the spirits of Mulan's dead ancestors rise in response to her and her father's prayers to them and are portrayed as having the power to interact with the physical world and to transform metal into living flesh and to guide and influence Mulan's life through their messengers. Is that acceptable? Absolutely not. God very strongly condemns human beings attempting to contact the dead in Scripture. For instance, Saul lost his position as king over Israel because of his attempt to contact Samuel. It's completely outlawed in the Bible. In fact, let me read to you from Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 13. God says, When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft. See, witchcraft is not identified as a wrong thing in the movie Mulan. Let me continue. Or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all those who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. Was God trying to rob the Israelite people of a legitimate experience supernaturally? Absolutely not. He was trying to prevent them from falling into demonic deception because demons impersonate some of those who have died and end up swaying people into wrong worldviews altogether. When they go to a seance or some similar type of thing, they try and contact the dead through a Ouija board. Inevitably, they will come into contact with demon spirits. And God was trying to prevent people 
from being contaminated with the demonic. And he was trying to prevent that by keeping them within the parameters of a right way of behaving spiritually. Well, that's not celebrated, of course, in the film Mulan. Not at all. In fact, it seems completely normal to uh, talk to the dead, to talk to the ancestors, to uh, present appeals to them. And yet it is somewhat illogical, even outside of a biblical worldview, to believe that that can happen. What if a dozen different people are trying to contact the same ancestor at the same time? That person would have to have the capacity of holding a dozen or two dozen or a hundred conversations at once. And that's not possible unless you're omnipresent and omniscient. You'd have to be able to respond to a dozen or a hundred people at one time. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. Well, the next thing that I need to bring out is the demon possession that is depicted in the film in the guise of the witch, the evil witch. Certainly she is an evil witch, but she possesses a soldier in order to infiltrate the capital city of the empire. So what about letting your children watch this? Is that okay? Is it all right? Or should you shun the movie altogether? The philosophy I have always gone by is if I prevent my children from watching some of these films put out by Disney and others that have the undertone of witchcraft or the undertone of false religious ideas being conveyed to these innocent minds of children that have no filter system whatsoever. And really, it's turned a whole generation of children into, quote unquote, new age kind of believers. It swayed them away from a biblical worldview that our nation and our culture was founded on to a great degree. But if I deny my children the experience of watching the films, they will, number one, feel deprived. Number two, they'll feel somewhat bitter, possibly. And number three, they'll be so sheltered, they won't know how to properly interact with others and explain their worldview, their biblical worldview that I pass down to them. And so normally I make it a learning experience. If we watch the film together, I point out the things that are incorrect theologically. I point out the things that are wrong and then instruct my son or my daughter concerning the right interpretation. And that way, instead of feeling denied, they feel empowered to share the proper response to the worldview that is promoted in that film, whether it be Mulan or some other film. So that's the way I do it. You may disagree. You may agree. But I do believe it was important to go over these issues in order for you to see how modern day films are reshaping our culture and what kind of ultimate effect that has. I read figures recently that really shocked me. It concerned the census that took place around the year 2000. And according to the figures in that census, from 1990 to the year 2000, 
Christianity only grew 5% in the United States of America. Simultaneously, New Age spirituality grew, are you ready for this? 240%. And of course, New Age spirituality promotes a syncretistic idea that you can blend all religions together, that all of them are legitimate, and all of them are just different paths to the same ultimate destiny, which is promoted in film after film after film that many of our children watch. So are we going to deny them the opportunity to see the film and then be able to apologetically respond to the ideas, to the belief system portrayed? Or are we going to empower our children to represent the light of truth in this dark world? I prefer to do it the latter way. So I hope this has been a blessing and a help to you. We may cover some other films in the future. Thank you for joining me on Revealing the True Light. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shreve's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.